0: And
1: welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
2: G'day, my name's Lloyd Grollman. I'm the Aussie Pastor. Welcome to the Aussie Pastor Drive Show. Hunty. G'day, mate. Good to see you. Always good to be here. This is our second program in our new studio. Welcome, listeners. Yeah, and you know what? I reckon it must be getting close to winter because it's dark and cold outside. It is. Well, well darker.
3: Darker when we leave, at least.
2: Yeah, and it's cold out. Well, no, it's darker out there right now, and it <laughs> is cold outside. True. That must mean winter's coming on. True, true, true. Glad to see you here today. Yeah, it's good to be here always. Um, if, if we have... Listeners who would like to contact us today, yes, especially for Ask the Aussie Pastor, is this yes, room?
3: there's room, and we would love to hear from you. And you can send your questions to the Aussie Pastor via SMS or text, and the number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email your questions info at aussiepastor.com. dot com. I notice you're still reading. Of Course after. How, Old and feeble and don't want to make a mistake. How
2: many programs have we done now? Uh, a year's worth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you, I've asked this before intermittently. Yes. Do
2: you know that number yet?
3: I don't intend to, because my brain's full. and Anything goes in there pushes something else out. So
2: it's, you, that number's just never going to be in your head. I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, ne- never to mind. We've got a good program today. We have a
3: great program with some great special guests. We've got a
2: couple of mates.
3: We do. And I mean, genuine mates, too. One of our program favourites, Harold Harker. Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, yes, very exciting. Um Help me out I, I, here. I,
2: I'm living this pregnant
3: pause. Yeah, I leave the pregnant pause, yes. Zwingli. That's right. Thank you.
2: Zwingli is, I reckon, and has been for some time, my favourite reformer. Really? A firebrand warrior. Oops, that's my phone again. (laughs) That's one to you. I like that. Yep. Oh, well, that happens from now now and again. My fuss, doesn't it? You know what gives me comfort there? What's that? I was listening to 2GB, which is a big station here in Sydney, probably the biggest in Australia, Yes. and one of their phones went off. Yes. So I reckon if 2GB can have their phones go off now and again. You're in good company. Zwingli. Back to Zwingli. Back to Zwingli. He is a firebrand warrior preacher. Yes. You don't get better. Correct. And then we've got Wayne Bowen. We do, who's he's a, a mate good, of yours, good friend of ours. Yep, and he's got. Well, he's going to talk to us about prophecy, but he's got an exciting offer for our listeners. He does. So I think it's going to be a good program. Yep, I agree. So wherever you are around our great big wide country, especially for our listeners in Sydney, we love you. They've just come on board, Hunty. Oh, good. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to hear more about. It. In fact, we've just bought the church that we work for. Has just bought some more stations. And they are going to launch it. Next week. Next week. That's right. How many stations do you know? Um,
3: well, it's how many transmitters? So we'll be on 88 FM for the west, northwestern side of Sydney going to reach a million. In fact, if you are listening on the internet right now and you're in the Campbelltown area, you could actually sneak, because we're testing the transmitter today, you could sneak onto 88FM oh, so and I hear us live in your car.
2: I wasn't supposed to tell them they can. Well, that's okay. That's all right. Well, for sure, people are going to be flicking through and picking it up. That's right. And if you've picked it up, if you're yep. in Sydney and you're on 88FM, don't yep. change stations. Don't change You it. are no. in, let me say this, you are on Sydney's top Rating, radio program. That's it. When it comes to the story. That's right. Of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yes. Yeah. I, I think we'd better start off a prayer.
3: You want to pray? I'd love to. Dear Heavenly Father, we come humbly before you this afternoon asking for your blessings for uh, Lloyd as he opens your Bible and to all of our listeners, Lord. You know their hearts, you know their problems and their needs. And I pray, Lord, especially that you'll be close and bless our listeners in your precious name, I ask Jesus. Amen.
2: This first song we're going to listen to, Hunty, is from an Adventist family. And they come from the United States of America. The dad, I actually went and checked a little bit about them. They they're called um New Hearts for Christ. Yep. Three boys, I think the oldest would be thirteen, the youngest would be about six or seven, yep. and the youngest features in this song. The dad wandered from Jesus and he came back and brought mum with him. Oh, wow. And they've got this group that's actually in Christian circles becoming quite famous in the United States of America. Yep. And this song they're going to sing, Little is Much, is talking about how even though you might not think you're a big deal and you've got much to offer to Jesus. If you give your heart to him, he will use you and he will take you, the little person, like you and me, auntie, the little people. He'll take us and he'll do big things with us. Little as much by new hearts for Christ.
0: In the harvest field, now ripe. Hark, the voice of God is calling To the harvest calling you In the mad rush of the broad way In the hurry and the strife Tell of Jesus' love and mercy God is in it, labor not for wealth nor fame. There's a crown, and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name Does the place your call to labor? seem too small and little known. It is great if God is in it and he'll not forsake his own. Are you laid aside from service, body worn from toil and care? You still be in the battle In the sacred place of prayer Little is much when God is in it Labor not for wealth nor fame There's a crown and you can win it name When the conflict here has ended and our race on earth is run He will say if we are faithful Welcome home, my child will
4: done
0: Little is much when God can win it, if you go, if you go, in Jesus' name,
2: not bad, hunty?
3: Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Very nice. Family of three boys, mum and dad, um, and they're starting to go big in America. Time for our news. It is. Hey, Easter goes so fast, doesn't it? It does. It does. That's one of the disappointing things about it. You're looking forward to Easter. Yes. Actually, (laughs) I worked most over Easter. (laughs) Well, you're a pastor. You've got a big big church weekend. Not much rest. Um, You lived it up. I had a lovely time with my family on Friday. Took off on holidays. (laughs) <laughs> holidays up the, You did It's up in, work uh, Up to Brisbane No, you're on holidays until the end to Wednesday morning When we start uh, Tomorrow morning when we start work So you're, you're doing a pretty good son uh, He's up here uh, Living it up in the sunshine um, But it goes so fast that Easter break oh, You look forward to it And then before you know it, it's over That's right And yet it's a really important holiday More than that Did you know that Easter does more or less line up with Calvary, the time that Jesus was crucified. Nice. Because Easter and Passover are about more or less the same time. Right. So when we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection at Easter, we're actually doing it at about the right time, whereas Christmas is not like that, hunty. Okay. You do know that, don't you? Jesus I do was know not that, yeah. No, I reckon a... Jesus was born around my birthday in September. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, just interesting. Yes. Let's have a look at the news. Let's have a look. I tried not to go too dark today. (laughs) It's pretty dark. I had a preview of some of these stories. Ah, they're not too bad. We've had one It's stressful. Yeah, Yeah. the first one, American price hikes. I'm seeing this in Australia too, but they reckon in the United States of America this year, prices have skyrocketed at 8.5%. Yes. And that's not counting fuel, oil. That's just normal Price hikes of food, electricity. I read it differently. Water. I read it differently. I read it six and a half percent. I'm I'm sitting in front of it right now. Eight eight, point five percent, and that's getting pretty dangerous. Because you know what happens when you know what happens when things go like
3: that. You've got well, wages go up and prices go up. All of a sudden, you're spiraling into
2: disaster. Yeah, but what they're going to do is they're going to put interest rates up. That's right. Because that's their crude mechanism of trying to pull it back. Now, one of the problems with that, if you look at it, and I think the same as Australia, and by the way, before I I, I get into that, things are going up here in Australia too. Did you know that coal is going up four times? So you're talking 400%?
3: Can you please explain to me how what we dig out of the ground is now going up? Exponentially.
2: Yeah, I can explain that. We actually. own
3: it, it's in our earth and we dig it up. Because Why are we of, Because paying of for the it? war in Ukraine and Russia. How does that affect the digging our own coal up?
2: Both are very significant um, energy producers, as is Australia. Yes. And so when they go off market, which they more or less have, Russia, because they've put, um, what do they put on? Sanctions. Yes. And Ukraine, of course, because they're in the middle of this brutal, this awful senseless war with Putin. Mm-hmm. I put all the responsibility on Putin with mm. this one. I know there's a lot of people mm. out there who 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 think there's other forces at work, but I, I I don't go with that. I'm certainly not anti-Russian. I'm pro-Russian. I love the Russian people. Yeah, me too. And I love the Ukrainian people. In fact, I've watched with wonder as my dad worked in both those countries, and our friend John Carter. So we've got a special interest in both the Russian and the Ukrainian people. But but Putin is responsible for this naked aggression where he has attacked. I believe without too much provocation, a peaceful country next door. He's taken out two of the biggest energy producing countries in the world. So then you come to Australia. Why have prices gone up here? Because in Australia, unless the government steps in because energy is extracted by the private sector. So what happens is we are paying world prices. So whatever people are paying for Australian coal, we're paying for it. The same price back home. Now, because Russia and Ukraine are out, prices have surged because there's a shortage of energy. So prices for the first time in years have actually surged on coal 400%. Do you know what that means to the electricity bill? Mm, That's horrendous. Big trouble. But I still still don't get... Why we dig up our coal
3: and put it in our coal-fired because generators, why are we paying more for coal? Oh, for goodness sake, Hunty. Okay. Because
2: we're on the world market.
3: Why are we? Why, why don't well, we dig up our own coal, they, 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 run it in our own they, generators and forget about the well, rest of the world?
2: It's, it's dug up by a private sector that sells it onto the world oh. market. Well, now I feel dumb. I'm giving him a clap. I give him a clap.
3: Now I think I, 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 think I should stay silent in this segment. I'm, I'm sure there's some
2: business people out there thinking we've got Laurel and Hardy on the on the. No, but that's what it is. We're paying well prices. The only way that that could change is if the government stepped in to the private sector, which in Australia they'd be very loath to do, and say no, that's not going to happen. It. But we we're it, we're, we're having serious. Price rises. I went into the supermarket this afternoon to buy some things. Food has shot up through the roof. Now there are no lie that in Australia we, we don't have food shortages, but in some places in the world, mm. like Sri Lanka, mm. yep, uh, definitely Ukraine and Russia, there are food shortages. Yep. People actually struggling to get food. So what they're going to do to curb these price rises that we the ordinary people have nothing to do with is they're going to jack up interest rates. Now that's serious for Australia. Because we've got young people out there with yep. mortgages around a million or more dollars. That's right. You put up now. I don't know what what are interest rates. Naught point something at the month. You, so can, I think get they're it, you running can get a
3: housing at, loan for three four percent.
2: Yeah yeah two three. I was going to say two three four yeah. percent. Two three. Mm. You start to put them up 0.25, And you're you take say you got a loan yep. of between seven hundred and fifty and one point two five million. You're talking now. You and I have paid yep. houses off. Yeah we have. You're talking about massive. We're talking
3: massive, hundreds of dollars a month. Increase in your payments, thousands sometimes. Yes,
2: and that's financial trauma for ordinary Aussies. Because, so there's trouble coming. Yep. Not just to the United States, which is running an inflation rate at eight point five percent per annum. Can you believe no, that? that's bad? That's real. You know, you're not far away from going into hyperinflation. Yep. And then you, you then you're talking about a, a total meltdown of the economy. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. But what I'm saying out there at the moment, is you read these news articles and Watch the news. There's a lot of stress out there, mate, Mm. a lot of stress. And if I could give advice, and who am I to give financial advice, but I would say stay as far out of debt as you can. Get those credit cards down Mm. if you're in big, man, if you're in big, big debt for a house loan, be very careful. Mm. Be very careful indeed. This one we tend to revisit from time to time, Hunty, but it keeps coming up. War between Taiwan and China, and Taiwan Taiwan, mm. has issued a handbook advising how to prepare for a Chinese invasion. Mm. Now, the Taiwanese are actually far better equipped than the Ukrainians. Yes. So if you think that Ukrainian-Russian thing is a big shindig, you wait till you see if it ever happens, God forbid, Taiwan and China go at it. It would be very, very ugly indeed. Mm. Did you know that in Taiwan pretty much everybody is in the reserves? Kinda of like Switzerland.
3: They like that over there, are they? Everyone has to go from school straight into the reserves. Really? Everyone has to do their service. And in Switzerland everyone has to have hidden away in their house full kit. You know, bulletproof vest, guns, weapons, Who's grenades. Going to
2: attack Switzerland. I know, right? (laughs) I'm glad my grandfather moved from Switzerland (laughs) to Australia. But in Taiwan, everyone's got to join the army for four weeks. They're just about to pump it up to... Twelve months. Now, that's serious. Well, China's been doing a lot of
3: saber-rattling of late. In fact, it's been doing it my whole lifetime, really. Been threatening to take over Taiwan, re-amalgamate that country back into China. It is really heated up, though, hasn't it, over the last few years? It has, especially given... Uh, that Putin is getting currently getting away with invading the Ukraine?
2: Oh, I don't know that Putin's getting away with it, to be honest. Mm. I think this is going to end very badly for him. I think it's already going bad. But you note that... I'm, um, not, saying, I'm not saying Putin's not going to win. He may yet win, but he is paying a horrendous... And the poor, price. The poor Russian people. I mean, I I'm no prophet, but I was predicting at the beginning of this war that there'd be a lot of Russian boys going home in body bags if the Ukrainians chose to fight, and for whatever reason, I don't know really too much over there. They've chosen to fight. By the way, Hunty, we're going to talk in the next week or two to a pastor over there in Ukraine yes. who's right in the middle of the yes. war. Get some first-hand reports. Going to be mm. very, very interesting. The leader of China, Xi Jinping, the, the
3: day that Putin attacked into Ukraine, he sent a bunch of his fighter jets over Taiwan
2: saying, look out, we're coming. He's doing that every day, though. Is he? Yeah. Wow. That's regular. Um, you don't think that as he's watched Putin and the struggle Putin's had in Ukraine, it might Temper him a bit? I wonder. It would me, because it says and shows that an inferior force can still really, you know, cause real trouble for
3: you. Did you know Zelensky's offering $900 to Russians if they turn up and surrender the tanks?
2: I did hear that And,
3: he, and he's collecting tanks. Zelensky's collecting Russian tanks. Is that tanks? why you
2: see these tractors towing tanks? Well, the... <laughs>
3: The Russians stockpiled a bunch of tanks near the near the ocean near the, and there was a giant river near an ocean mouth. Yeah. And one night, a bunch of farmers came in and saw them. So un, a true story. True story. Saw them unguarded, hooked them on, and took off with them. Wow. It, pulled them out into the ocean and drowned them. Ah, oh, destroyed them. Destroyed them. Yeah. It was. It's um. It's one of the. I wouldn't say anything to do with wars funny, but it is one of the the, the crazy ironies of that war that a farmer with a tractor has done more damage to the Russian tank brigade than the rest of the Ukrainian army.
2: Still on this theme, NATO expands. Now, if you don't know who NATO is, it's the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation. You've got America, Canada and Western Europe banded together. Initially started to defend Western Europe against the Soviet Communist Empire. Kind of went quiet on the fall of the Berlin Wall and a lot of people never believed NATO needed to exist anymore, there were two countries, Western countries in Europe, that never joined NATO, Mm -hmm. which, again, was specifically set up to fight the Soviets. Now it's NATO in Western Europe that stands against Russia. So NATO and Russia are enemies. And the NATO alliance, now you've got two countries, Sweden and Finland. I don't know whether you know this, but Finland already fought a savage war against the Russians in 1939 and pretty much four million... Uh, Finns against, I think it's about 180 million Russians, and the Finns more than held their own and fought the Russian army. This is a Soviet mm. army. Wow. Really pre World War II to a, to a stop. Uh-huh. But they have a 900 mile or kilometer border with Russia. So after the Second World War, when NATO was expanding through Europe, the Finns and the Swedes both decided, because they're both more or less neighbors or very close to Russia, not to stir them up so they weren't going to join NATO. Yep. And it's kind of almost enshrined in their constitutions. But after Russia attacked Ukraine, they're saying Finland will be in NATO within weeks mm-hmm. and Sweden is going to follow them. Correct. Now, I don't know whether you know this and whether you've been keeping up with the news, but in the last 48 hours, Russia has been moving heavy armour to the border, would you believe it, with Finland. Oh, dear. And so you just wonder what is going on in the world where well, you've got China threatening Taiwan genuinely, and that's yep. a genuine threat. Yep. You've got Ukraine and Russia at it, Russia invading Ukraine, and then you've Ukraine threatening Pole, uh, um, threatening um, Finland, threatening Sweden, and Poland. The Polish mm-hmm. reserves have, again, um, they have... They've had a great influx of reserves into the Polish armed forces. And they've gone up 400% too in the last month or two since. Yeah. And so it almost seems to me, and I've studied history, that the entire world is arming for war. Do you know how many NATO soldiers now are on the Russian borders? No idea. 40,000. Wow. That's gone from 4,000 to 40,000 in a few weeks. And I've been watching on the news, especially on YouTube and that British and American and French and German tanks and soldiers just pouring to Lithuania, Estonia, these these countries that border Russia. It almost seems to me that the world is preparing for a massive conflict. Wow. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if you study World War One, which yep. I've done, yep. did a degree in history, you study World War Two, and then you look what is happening right now. It is eerily... Similar. I go as far as to say, unless God steps in and stops this, we're headed for World War Three. Wow. And I'm not, you know me, I'm no conspiracy theorist. I'm not a dramatist. I'm no, not. Not at all. But when I look at what's happening in Europe at the moment, I think we're headed for World War Three. You know, even New Zealand, little old piece nick New Zealand, sent arms to Ukraine. Really? Yesterday. Huh. I mean, aren't they the most neutral people in the whole world?
3: Well, yeah, almost. <laughs> well, I don't know any... I mean, they've banned the American nuclear subs
2: from their harbour. Our nuclear ships, anything that's mm. nuclear. Mm. They, they made it very clear that if Australia gets nuclear submarines, they're not welcome. Uh, so, look, uh, I, I think these are really, really serious times, Andrew. Absolutely. Really serious. And I think when I look at these things, it reminds me of the importance to be preparing my life yes. for the coming of Jesus because Matthew 24, Luke 21 very, very clearly makes it so clear that these are signs, these wars, that soon Jesus will come. Yep. Uh, one good news story. Now, I'm watching you that you behave through this. I'm going to struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, he gave me a promise he'd behave. I didn't. So, you did. But I do know who the boss is, so I guess I guess that's kind of implied. <laughs> I think he, for what it's worth for listeners, I think he thinks he's the boss, but let's not tell him how it really is. Solar panels that work at night. I'm listening. Well, this is brand new technology.
3: No, it's been around for about five years. That's then, then, yeah, brand new. Oh.
2: They're not out there saying that this is a fantastic, wonderful breakthrough, but they're saying, hey, for the first time, we are able to effectively get solar panels to work at night. Now, Hunty, before you who ha this, just tell our listeners how they do it. Uh, heat exchange. Yeah, heat yeah. coming up yep. from the ground. Correct. Somehow is incorporated into those solar panels. The, the black
3: solar panels facing the outer, the outer space regions of the planet are dark and two degrees cooler than the Earth. So? Just because of their blackness. And so that two degree temperature difference, they're using a heat pump to, to harvest that.
2: Are they getting much power out of this? No. A,
3: a solar panel that generates 500 watts during the day will barely have enough power to run one LED at night.
2: Okay, so this is brand new technology.
3: It's brand new and I can't, I can't see it going anywhere so has it been a mistake for me to make this a good news story? I think it's a good news story if they can do something better with it, but I did some research and they're saying in 10 years they might be able to get half a watt off a solar panel. So you're saying this good news story's a fizzer? I think it might be. A 300 or 500-watt solar panel during the day, oh, we can get half a watt at night. Well,
2: if I've chosen a fizzer good news story this week, <laughs> next week you're going to find Uh-oh. a good news story. Oh, may we, I may regret my, my actions now. <laughs> oh, well, we won't spend too much time on that. You know what, Hunty, What's you, that? When you see these price hikes, inflation going crazy, yep. when you see war with China and Taiwan being threatened, and it's really serious... And I think it would make the the war of Ukraine and, and Russia almost seem like a sideshow, although it's not. It's very serious. Yep. But I think it would be a much, much larger event. And then you see NATO expanding for the first time in, in our lifetime. In our lifetime. Well, no, yep. no, not really, because NATO did take on oh, in yeah, the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's the first time in a long time you see NATO, and they're not just expanding, they're preparing for war. Make really? no mistake. Uh, I think the only thing you can do... Is look up into the skies. Make sure you're looking east, because you're going to see a dark cloud. And that dark cloud is going to get bigger and bigger. And as we look up, you know what it's going to be, yes, the coming of Jesus. And when yes. Jesus comes, can't wait. All the death, all the war, all the pain, all the anxiety, and all the fear will be gone forever. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I couldn't help it, hunty. <laughs> we got Fountain View Academy singing again. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that's, that's this college, this school, it's a, actually a high school in Canada that I really want to send our youngest son, who is, as I was bragging last week, he is a brilliant violinist. Yes. i love to send him there. Not just because of, it's a music school, but because it's a really spiritual school. But this song, beautiful song, Go Light Your World from Fountain View Academy, I think you're going to enjoy it very much.
0: There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning, some dark and cold There is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a candle And makes his home Carry your candle Run to the darkness Seek out the hopeless Confused and torn, hold out your candle, for all to see it. Take your candle, go light your world. Take your candle, go light your world. Now your sister, she's been robbed and lied to, still holds a candle without a flame. Mm.
2: tiny little school in Canada, Christian school, Adventist school actually, Mm. with the highest caliber of music you could get anywhere. That is class. If you have never seen these guys, Google them, go on to YouTube, just put in Fountain View, one word, college, and you will just hear some of the most beautiful music. I'll keep bringing their music through, Hunty, because I really enjoy it it so much. Easy listening, beautiful tunes, and fantastic, fantastic words. And that story, of course, is talking about the fact that if you love Jesus, and I know there's a whole lot of you out there listening to this who do, and you think that your witness is not big, well... What? Go into a dark cave with one candle and see what happens. That's it. Yeah.
3: Hey, can I give a plug for our next segment? Yeah. Well, it's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor. And it's not too late. If you'd like to send in your questions, you can text them to us on eight80851 or you can email them to us. And the email address is info at com. And you know what? <laughs> Looking at these questions, we've got a lot of listeners on this afternoon.
2: I'm going to be careful.
3: Yes, now, are you ready for the first question? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Is the war between Ukraine and Russia going to lead to World War Three and the end of the world? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a short segment today. <laughs> oh, I don't know.
2: Um, I, you know, it could I, I don't? It could. Yeah, it's very very dangerous. Yep. Um, Just takes one nuke. Well, even and we've been talking about war a bit today. Even. Um, the idea that if Russia were to use chemical weapons, and there's some question about that already. Correct. How both the United States and NATO would respond very aggressively. That's very worrying. And then Putin lets off a, a small tactical battlefield nuclear weapon, and it's on. It's on. And because the Russian army's not performing too well, I don't think they'd stand up in a conventional war with... NATO for more than a few days, but Putin has more nuclear weapons than anybody else on the planet. Could it end end up in a serious confrontation that brings about the end of the world? Sure, but I'm not a prophet and I don't know, but I'm wary, hunty, and I'm making sure that I have a relationship with Jesus that's deep and that's abiding, that's going to sustain me through the trouble. And, and, and if he were to come for his grace and faith in his grace, I'm ready. And I would advise and encourage you out there, our listeners, to be in that sort of place. Get into your Bible, hunty. Yes. Pray. Yes. Go to church. Yes. Ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Repent. Confess your sins. Have a conversion to Christ. Yep. It's as simple as saying, Jesus, here I am. Take me. No matter who you are, no matter how far you've wandered from God, you may never have been to God, does not matter. Just ask him into your heart. You be ready for Jesus when he comes through his grace. That's the best preparation. And all these signs are warnings to us. Get Correct. ready, get ready. I had a friend today have a go at me, actually said, oh, you're an alarmist, Lord I said, Lloyd. I said, well, I don't feel like an alarmist. It is alarming, but I've got good news because with all these signs that tell us Jesus is coming, let's not forget the fact, honey, that Jesus is coming. That's right. The end of death and pain and sorrow. That's right. Jesus is coming. And you need to get to know him today. Yeah. Now is the time. Now Bible is the says time. Now is the time for your yep. salvation. So will this war end up being World War Three? Possibly. Will it bring about the end of time? Possibly. But the reality is I don't know. Take it as a warning and get prepared. Yeah. I'm not a prophet. Yep. All right. But get prepared.
3: Next question. I go to church regularly every Sunday and I still have no peace. What can I do? Okay. Wow. I go to church every Sabbath. Go to church on Did Sunday you? and no peace. Did you know that? I think there's a lot of people who go to church. Yeah, I get on it. That. I go on Saturday
2: too. Yeah, I, uh, Sabbath. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who could go to church on Sabbath and have the same experience. Yes. Uh, look, this is a simple answer, Hunty. You're only ever going to have peace if you've got a genuine, as we've just been talking, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've got that, you're going to have peace. If you don't, well, then you won't. That's true. Alrighty, next question.
3: The Bible says it's okay to drink alcohol and USDA is a teetotalist. Why? <laughs> well, I never see the Bible anywhere say it's a good thing to drink alcohol. Um, I think it talks about festivals and celebrations.
2: And Show me a single place where the Bible says it's a good thing to drink alcohol. Does it say you can drink in moderation? No. It oh. says don't get drunk. The Bible never says you can drink in moderation. It says don't get drunk. Well, oh, there you go. I thought sort it of said you can drink in moderation. Nope. It says don't get drunk. I'm saying that on radio. It does not say you can drink in moderation. It says don't get drunk. So when do you get drunk? Look, the reason I'm ignorant about this is because I've never had a drop. <laughs> <laughs> when, when do you get drunk? Well, I believe you start to get drunk from the first mouthful. It starts to impair your mental facilities. The reason I think alcohol is such a curse, it's not just because of the misbehaviour and the wife beatings and the murders and the crimes that it inspires. It's not just that. It's not just the health risks, the cancer risks, you know, cancer of the mouth, of the tongue, of the throat, of the stomach, of the intestines, all caused by alcohol. I mean, this stuff is a curse, hunty. It's not just that. The reason I think alcohol is such a danger is because from the moment you start to drink, you impair your mind, and when you impair your mind, you, in a very serious way, take away your abilities to fight the devil when he comes at you. True, true. I, I, I have friends that say to
3: me, well, hang on a minute. Didn't Jesus go to a wedding feast where they were drinking and carrying on, and wasn't all the wine at that feast... Fermented because they didn't have refrigerators. a well,
2: simple answer to that. Do you think Jesus would, because Jesus creates a miracle and he, he turns water into wine. You think Jesus is going to, at a wedding, you think he's going to create a substance that's caused people to lose their mind so they can no longer fight the devil and evil and temptation. Yeah, that makes good sense. It's not going to do it.
3: Mm. The mm. wine
2: that Jesus created was pure, unfermented
3: grape juice. mm all right, moving on. Why are SDAs vegetarians? Well, many aren't. Many I was going to say many aren't. I am. I'm mostly.
2: Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt that we, I think these next couple of questions must come from the same person. I was thinking that. Yeah. Um,
3: it's anonymous, so I can't say. Yeah, I, can't say. I,
2: I think um, we encourage vegetarianism for reasons of health alone.
3: Yes. That's why? That's right. National Geographic did a study of the people on the planet who lived the longest and they identified an area in Loma Linda in California, I think they called it the blue zone, where on average, I think everyone lives, is it 15 years longer? 10 or 15. 10, 15 yeah. yeah. And what's in Loma Linda? It's yeah. a 7th Day Adventist Conclave where they're mostly vegetarian and...
2: You live longer. Yeah, that's the, that's well, of the deal. Of course, you're going to live longer because the reality is if you have a look at your body, the physical makeup of it, you're designed to be a vegetarian. We're not meat eaters. No. We're not designed to be meat eaters. Our intestines, know. our stomach, our teeth, nothing not, nothing, in us is designed to eat meat. I'm not saying you're going to get kept out of heaven or that's a great cinder. It's not that. It's a matter of an issue of health. And if you want to be healthy, lean yourself to plants, let's say fruit, grains, nuts and vegetables. Yep and pure water, hunty. So yep. I'm, going to, I'm going to be watching you. Yeah, I drink pure water. No, 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 I'm not talking about the water. I'm talking about the fruits, grains, nuts and vegetables. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be watching, watching you. I was sitting here quite
3: you. smug that I only drink <laughs> pure water. <laughs> well, that actually leads us to the next question. Can I, and I think you're right. It's probably the same person. Why don't SDOs drink tea and coffee?
2: Well, again, some do. That's right. I, I generally don't. If I drink coffee, as you know, I go to McDonald's
3: and I ask for...
2: Decaf. You remember what it is? What sort?
3: You have a soy latte decaf. No. With a twist
2: of lemon. No. (laughs) Twist of lemon. That's tea, man. I have a almond milk. Almond milk. That's right. That's right. Aren't soy. You've got me confused. I have a decaf almond milk. Yeah, decaf Mm. almond milk, large. Decaf coffee Mm. almond milk latte. I actually went (laughs) to McDonald's the other day and ordered that. I said, can I have a large decaf almond milk coffee? The girl must have been you, and she said, uh, Yeah, okay. And then there was a gap for about 10 seconds. She said, What did you order? <laughs> I said, i am like a large. It's all I was ordering. Yes. I'm not allowed to go to McDonald's. No. My wife won't tolerate that. No, Liska is definitely not allowing you to McDonald's. No. no if mm. you saw me in real life, you'd know why, too. <laughs> I said, Well, can I have a large almond milk decaf coffee latte? Okay, she said. So I went through. I got to the desk, you know, where you pay there at McDonald's, Yep, $5.50 or something. They're not cheap. Ouch. Yeah. And she said, what did you order again?
0: And I said, (laughs) I
2: ordered a large, yeah, true. I ordered ordered a large decaf almond milk coffee latte. She's being trained by a young man, must have been 12 or 13, next to her. And he looks, (laughs) no, so she would have been 12, 13, maybe 14. He would have been 16 or 17. So he looks at me. This is a 16, 17 year old kid and he says, uh, excuse me, sir, but next time you come to McDonald's and you order, could you make sure your order is clear? <laughs> I have a bit of German in me, hearty. Oh, yes. I can imagine how this way. I said, well, I did. He said, no, you did. I said, I did. We went back and forth five or six times. In the end, I laughed because I thought this is a cheeky young fella. I can tell you, but I thought to myself, if he can, if he can kind of. You know, Gavin's is fire. That. Yeah, yeah. Harness is yeah. fire. He's going to be successful. So I just shook my head and <laughs> kept going.
3: I think head. he missed the first rule. The customer's always right.
2: Well, obviously, this customer wasn't. <laughs> um, but I have been um, – I think if you're going to drink tea and coffee, try go to the decaf and see how you go. I mean, the reason Adventists generally, it's another health issue. We're just kind of saying, look. Don't,
3: don't, don't write get... to me and complain about that. Uh huh. Hey? There are a lot of people who, without their morning coffee, are not very pleasant. So don't write in and complain that Lloyd's knocking your coffee.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, if you want good health, you want to stay away from drugs. you want to stay away from drugs, you're not going to drink tea and coffee. And if you don't think you're drugged or you're addicted by it, try and go about it for one morning and see what your body does. <laughs> yeah, true. True, true, so, true. So what I'm saying is I, I yeah, we do as Adventists encourage not to drink tea and coffee. It's not salvational, man. Of course. These these issues are not salvational. They're issues of health. One of the things I like about our church, it's a church that advances good health. Now I'm not saying you and I are pictures of good health <laughs> but we We'd probably be dead now, both of us, if it wasn't for the health message that our church advances. True. Because we are pretty much vegetarian. Yes. We don't drink tea don't or drink coffee. Those, we try to stay generally away from caffeine drinks. Mm. Um, and we try to follow the health message, which is a good message. So what is the health message? Fruits, grains, nuts, vegetables, mm. and water. Yep. You stick to those five with rest and sleep and God, you can live a pretty good life under most, not always, but under most circumstances.
3: True. All right, moving on. Question six. Does the SDA church run any businesses that make money?
2: Yeah, they do, actually. Mm, I can think of one. What can you think
3: of? I had a call from Sanitarium today, actually.
2: Oh, okay.
3: Yes. Well, it's, good, come t- it's come time for their annual general meeting and they want a, they want a big function to celebrate. Uh,
2: you got a call from our good mate, uh, Yes, Gilbert, Gilbert. Gilbert. <laughs> Yes. Um. Yeah, we've got Sanitarium, who makes so good, yummy so Wheat good. Bix. Wheat Bix. and some beautiful products, really. Yes. They used to make cornflakes. Do they still make cornflakes? Yep, flakes? yep, yep. Vegetarian sausages. Oh, I love the vegetarian sausages. They used to make Veggie Links. Remember them, the pink ones? Yeah, they were good. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yep. There's not a product that Sanitarium made that I never liked except TVP, and I think that went off the market years ago. <laughs> but we have a health food company, and that health food company is actually a charity.
3: Sure is. That Every cent they make is plowed into their
2: philanthropic activities. Yeah, it activities. is. It is. Yeah. it is. And then we have other businesses like the Sam ADRA. Uh, well, that's not a business. That's definitely full-on ministry. Mm, true. There's no business in ADRA. Um, nursing homes. SAN, nursing homes. Schools. Nah, ministry again. I don't think schools would make much money. I think they're more a ministry, in ministry too. Correct. And I, and I think nursing homes are. A, even this. You could argue the sanitarium and the Santa ministries too. But correct. Yeah, so we do. started. And, and every, every, everything. I can only speak for the Adventist Church that we make money is used in good causes to advance humankind and the message of Jesus. Mm. Okay.
3: Very good. All right. Next question. Do you believe that the Pope is the leader of Christianity?
2: Well, he's the leader of the Catholic Church, but he's not the leader of me. Not the Protestants? Or the Adventists? No. Yeah, no. No, I don't. He's a leader of the Catholic Church. Yes. I'm a Protestant. I actually protest (laughs) against, you know, a lot of his theology and doctrines, so no, I don't don't think he is at all. Mm. I think he'd like to talk to the world press as though he is. He's making making some great... um,
3: Moves right now, especially with his Easter programme, he made some great moves to
2: unite Europe. Yeah, well some prophetic stuff in that. Mm, true. Um, True. I'd never judge him as a person but the system that he represents.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm a Protestant man. Yeah, yeah.
3: All right, let me move on. Is transgender prohibited in the Bible?
2: Oh, another one of those questions. Uh, and we're going to hear more and more of those questions, aren't we, through the years because it's it's becoming so much, these questions are so much out there in our culture and our society. You know, Hunty, I actually have to be careful how I answer those yeah, questions. Yeah, I was just thinking we probably should
3: respect that we're broadcasting into parts oh, of Australia, we'll, we'll, so they have rules.
2: happy to answer that. Okay. Um, but we do have to be careful. The Bible has a lot to say about uh, these different issues. Yep. Um, not just transgender, homosexuality, a-, a whole lot of things it talks about. We're living in a culture that more and more doesn't want to accept what the Bible says, even prohibits it and forbids it. So that you are quite correct in some states in Australia, you can get into real trouble. Mm. All I can say on these issues is I have decided some time ago, as I said last week, that I am going to take the Bible definitions of what is right and wrong. And as for me and my house, we will follow the Bible and the Lord. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to go into the Bible, find out the answer for yourself on these things, and if the Holy Spirit convicts you, follow him. Because whenever you're following Scripture and you're following Jesus, you're never going to go wrong.
3: All right. Next question. Is it wrong to wear jewellery?
2: Look... Is it wrong to drive a BMW? Is it wrong to own a house worth millions of dollars? Is it wrong to go on a holiday that you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on while Mm. you're not doing anything Mm. for the cause of Christ? Mm. I think it is wrong to wear jewellery if the jewellery you're wearing is going to cost you a bomb, and on top of that... Is uh, going to take away the focus of God in your life and draw it to yourself. Mm. So that would be my answer to that. Uh, I don't think jewelry. I know itself... in some cultures it's a symbol. I know, well,
3: I know in a lot and, of African and, and, cultures.
2: In our culture, your 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 wedding ring is a symbol of of marriage.
3: I know, I know in African cultures, uh, a ne- a, a, re- a what do you call it? A necklace around your ankle, an ankle lace. I know that's a a sign of a worldly woman and maybe even a prostitute. Oh. So I know there's there's jewellery in different cultures that means different things.
2: Yeah, well, in the Australian context, I don't think we have any no. of that. No, we don't. Oh, oh, I would say just be sensible in the way – if you've got jewellery, be sensible in what you're wearing. Don't go and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on jewellery. Just like don't go and buy the best car or live in houses that are extreme or go on holidays – where you're spending it all on yourself and not giving anything to the cause of Christ. I'm not just talking about money, yep. time and, and, and your life, yep. you know. Good call. Yeah. Don't 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 put your – I encourage you not to put your foundations too deep down into this earth. Yep. Yeah. All right,
3: last question. How long has the Seventh-day Adventist church been around? That's a good one. And when and where did it start and why?
2: Uh, it started in the United States of America. Yep. Officially, it started in 1863, but it's really been going since about 1825 or thirty. Yep. Maybe 1835, somewhere around there. But it incorporated as a church in 1863. We really come from the Methodists. They're the big ones, the Congregationalists and the Baptists. So when you go into an Adventist church, you're going to see a lot of those Middle American um, evangelical traditions in Adventism. We don't have Sunday school but we have Sabbath school. Yep. Yep. We have church and, so, and you, you know so you're going to see a lot of similar things. So it came out and, and the thing that drove adventism was probably a few of the key doctrines that we preach and teach um the Sabbath, second coming of Jesus, what happens to you after you die. Those sort of beautiful do- and and another doctrine called the sanctuary doctrine which is just fabulous. Yep. We'll talk about that another time. Yep. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. All right. Okay. Well, fantastic. I enjoyed that, Hunty. If, I did too. Just before we go on further, if they want to send questions in for next week, Yes, what do you do? please
3: do. You can text them to us on 0488-880-851, or you can email them to us, info at aussiepasta.com. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM.
2: This is my wife singing The Saviour is Waiting. Her name is Liska and Mm -hmm. it's recorded by Andrew Hunt, Mm -hmm. our producer, director, techo, right here. Liska Grollerman, The Saviour is Waiting. favourite singer, hardly. Yes. <laughs> and she's, she's beautiful to listen to, beautiful to look at, and her heart is beautiful. That's You're definitely me. batting way above what you deserve. Way above my average yep. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's Liska Grollman, and I'm going to get her to do some more music for me. Yeah, we I should. Know. We should. Record some more. She's a beautiful singer. Yep. Well, welcome back to our program, Harold Harker. Welcome, Harold. Hi there,
1: Lloyd. It's great to be back with you.
2: Now, I'm, I'm thinking this will be the last time you'll be with us for a few weeks. Is that right?
1: That's right. i up to Lord Howe for a couple of weeks, then up to a convention, so for three weeks. Life's tough. Now to
2: your hair. Are, are, you, are you going to Lord Howe on holiday, or are you working?
1: Well, we'll have a break while we're there, but we're caring for the church for a couple of weeks.
2: Uh, <laughs> do you stay in the church house there or somewhere else?
1: Yes, we stay in the church house, the man's there.
2: So the church pastor's away on a holiday, is he?
1: Well, there's no resident pastor, but a guy in Sydney. He goes out from time, and then he gets others to go and help out too.
3: Oh, he hasn't asked us, has he? Well, <laughs> is, that, is that all expenses be, paid visit to Lord Howe
2: Island? No.
3: Ah, oh. <laughs> like Lord Howe, it's very expensive.
2: Oh dear. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe don't put it. Yeah, don't homes. ask us then. <laughs> <laughs> We've been to Lord Howe. It's a beautiful place. But he is. Uh, we're not here to talk about Lord Howe. Now we're going to talk about, I think, Harold, my favourite. He is my favourite reformer of all time. I've always liked this guy. His name is Zwingli. Do you know why he's my favourite? Tell me. He's a warrior.
1: Yes, he was.
2: He's not just a preacher, he's a warrior. A true warrior. At heart, right to the end. And we're going to find out that today in his story. Let's start off at the beginning. Where and when was Zwingli born?
1: Well, he was born in Switzerland in the eastern part around uh, Toggenberg in St. Gaul. And he was born just uh, seven
2: weeks before Martin Luther, 1484. So these guys are contemporaries. Yeah, they are. And he's Swiss. So I'm liking that because him and I have something in common, don't we?
1: That's right.
2: Yeah, maybe that's why I like him. Was he a talented child? He was very
1: talented. In fact, he learnt to play six different musical instruments. Wow.
2: wow. So he was bright. Um, I noticed when I went to Switzerland, they speak at least three languages. Is that right?
1: That's right. They have Italian in the south, French in the west, and in the north, German. Well, it's a kind of Swiss German, Swiss German.
2: And is that what he spoke?
1: That's a Deutsch, and
2: then that's what he spoke, yeah. So my grandfather, who comes from Switzerland, he spoke German. Would it have been the same German? Probably would be, yes. Okay. Now, he hung around a guy who was quite famous in his own right, Erasmus. Now, I remember studying about this guy at college, but just for our listeners, what influence did Erasmus have on Zwingli, and can you just tell us briefly who Erasmus was?
1: Well, Erasmus was a Dutch uh, theologian. He learnt the scriptures. He actually translated it uh, in his Greek New Testament and uh, he was actually a lecturer at one stage in the British universities. But at this one point, Zwingli met him and he got a copy of his Greek New Testament.
2: And that changed his life. It
1: sure did. In fact, would you like to know that Zwingli taught himself Greek and Hebrew so he could understand the Scriptures better. And how well did he know the Scripture? Well, he knew them very, very well. In fact, not only did he know them, he memorised this Greek New Testament. Can you imagine memorising
2: it in Greek and knowing what it meant? Now, Erasmus was a Catholic theologian, wasn't he? Yes. But he did lean... He never became a Protestantism but he did lean a little bit that way and you do wonder whether Zwingli was somehow influenced by this man.
1: He he would have been and Erasmus had that effect on so many people that he met.
2: Yeah, although he was never a Protestant, he he kind of he did know the Bible well, didn't he? He did? Yeah. Now, was Zwingli going back to Zwingli, was he well educated?
1: Yes, he went to a couple of
2: Universities. In
1: fact, he went to Vienna in Austria. He went to uh, Basel or Baal, as it's called, and also to Bern, to Swiss universities.
2: Did he, on graduation,
1: become a priest? Well, yes, he was a priest, uh, but he became more and more a Protestant spokesperson for the rest of his life.
2: Now, we talked about how well Zwingli knew the Bible. He learnt... You're saying... Just tell us again: Did he actually know the entire New Testament off by heart? Is that what you said? That's what I said. That's incredible. Would these guys be studying just the New Testament, or did they do Old and New Testament?
1: Well, they would have. He learned Hebrew, and that's the Old Testament. He did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did he have other influences in his life other than Erasmus and the Bible? Well,
1: yeah, he was a. of course, he met and would talk often with uh, John Calvin. Yep. And so uh, he believed in some of the Calvinistic doctrines. Yep. Um, but he also was quite a radical Republican guy. What? What's uh, Luther, that mean? What's that mean? Well, Luther was, Luther was one who, who supported the
2: organization, the kings and the princes and so
1: on. Uh Zwingli was more
2: democratic, he would say, supporting the people. So in some ways, Zwingli was ahead of his time. He was. was. Was he a, now Now this, I'm asking this, I actually know the answer to this question, but I like it. Was he a Swiss patriot and a warrior?
1: Yes, he was. In fact, not only was he the, a pastor, but he was also a patriot and he took the sword to defend his country and what he saw as the gospel. In fact, later on, you'll find he died in battle.
2: So he was a fierce. He was. It was fierce for the Lord, and he was fierce for his nation. That's right. Um, he was different than Luther, though. Martin Luther was plagued by his worthiness before God. You know, and he went through quite an experience. Zwingli, it seems, got that he was saved by grace, but it doesn't mean he wasn't tempted. He had some weaknesses. Tell us about that.
1: Well, Luther was certainly troubled about his soul and his state with God, but Zwingli, he battled with lust. In fact, when he was a pastor (laughs) at one place, he
2: acknowledged a sexual affair, and he was battling that through his life. Was this one priests would have would have been asked to be celibate
1: yeah, well, this is what he said later on. Listen to this
2: yep. Out of
1: a hundred nay out of a thousand, there is scarcely
2: one chaste priest okay wow so he was he was pretty honest about himself <laughs> he was, sounds like he's pretty pretty honest with those around him um In 1550, he goes into battle. In 1515, sorry, he goes into battle. Who was that against and how did it go? It was,
1: uh, he was fighting as a Protestant troop over in Italy. Yep. uh, Not far from Milan. But the Swiss forces that he was part of, they were routed and they lost and they had to run for it.
2: Okay, (laughs) a very dangerous time. What about the Pope? Did he know the Pope and did he have a relationship with the Pope?
1: Well, yes, he must have because what he'd done, he was getting a stipend or a yearly payment from the Pope, but now he refused that because he was writing against indulgences, he wrote against purgatory or even the sacrifice of the mass. And the position that was held by the Catholic Church of the Virgin Mary. So he was really anti-Catholic in what he was saying now.
2: Actually, he was rabidly anti-Catholic, wasn't he? He sure was. I've I've often looked at what Zwingli and Luther said about the Catholic Church and how fierce they were and the statements they made and wrote. We would never do that today in our culture.
1: Wouldn't today,
2: no way. No, I mean, these are guys, perhaps not Martin Luther so much, but Zwingli was more than happy and did take up the sword against Catholicism. He'd go to war. Um, His city was Zurich, and um, in 1519, Zurich went through a terrible pestilence and time. What happened, and what did Zwingli do?
1: Well, the plague or the black plague came, and about three out of every ten, 30% of the city was dying. Yeah. And he was out of town, but he ran back to Zurich to help his people who were sick. And as he ministered to them, he collects it too.
2: So he got the plague?
1: Yeah, he got the plague and it took him three months to get over it. And he even wrote a hymn about the old deal that he'd been
4: through.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that to me says a great pastor, doesn't it? He, he yeah. could have stayed back, but he ran back to be with his people in their hour of trial. So we move on to 1523 in January. The mayor of yeah. Zurich did something special for Zwingli. What was it and how did it impact his ministry?
1: Well, the council there, the, the head, the mayor, they gave him the licence free to preach and it was an open door in his town of Zurich for the Reformation. In fact, he presented 67 articles and everyone was discussed, and they agreed to it.
2: So basically that the mayor and the council of Zurich opened the door and said, you can preach whatever you want.
1: That's right.
2: So in October of that same year, what did Zwingli then lead the city to do?
1: Well, he led them to eliminate all the images from the church and the mass. They didn't have mass anymore. So it certainly wasn't Catholic. It was now a Reformed Protestant church.
2: And he never mucked around either, did he, in getting these images? It wasn't so much a democratic thing as you're going to get rid of them and if you don't get rid of them, I'll, I'll help you to get rid of them. It was that sort of approach, wasn't it, really?
1: It was. And the reason for it, he said, the word of God is the authority It's the primary authority, and we go by the word of God. So no images. Don't worship them. Don't have them in your church.
2: So by this time we could say Zwingli is is a Protestant of Protestants, really. In 1525, actually, he gets quite aggressive toward Catholicism. What did he encourage the Zurich Council to do? Remember, they're already Protestant. They're already preaching the gospel, but he wants to take it further. What did he encourage them to do?
1: He said, you grab all the monasteries and uh, sell them and use the funds to benefit the poor and school people,
2: educate them. And they did it. They sure did. <laughs> hey, just just off uh, down another road just for a moment, to this day, is Zurich actually still Protestant, Harold? I don't know the answer to that.
1: Well, it would be both.
2: Okay. So it has the influence of both.
1: Of uh, Zurich's uh, where where Zwingli was, but you would have Catholic churches there today too. It's a mixture.
2: Was it a mixture back then, or was it pretty much purely Protestantism?
1: It was mainly Protestant,
2: yeah, so Zurich was one of the great Protestant cities of the of the Reformation of this time
1: It was it really was
2: yeah, yeah, okay. It's not all good news though, like many of the Reformation. Uh, stalwarts and heroes he, there was at times a dark side to Zwingli tell us about the drowning of the Anabaptist leader Felix Mance and the reason I think this means a lot to me as a Seventh-day Adventist if we were to actually go back and look at our spiritual forefathers it's probably the Anabaptists so so what happened there between Zwingli and this man?
1: Well, you see, there were other people besides Zwingli who were studying the Scriptures. Yeah. They wanted to go further and quicker than Zwingli was. And while they agreed with justification by faith and salvation only in Jesus Christ, they then saw baptism as necessary mm. rather than sprinkling, and they said, we'll do this. And
2: You're they, talking about b- baptism by immersion totally under the water. Right. Yeah. And the
1: council wouldn't go along with it, so they would grab these and they persecuted all the Anabaptists. In fact, if you go to Zurich today, you can find the little plaque where this guy, Felix Manns, was actually, they tied his hands behind his back and pushed him off into the river so he couldn't swim, he just drowned.
2: Do we know whether Zwingli was around for that or involved in that? He was
1: there for that. Because he was backing the council that was putting this out, yes.
2: Why do you think Zwingli had such animosity toward the Anabaptists? When in some ways, they, they just, as you just said, they were just taking the Protestant Reformation further. He, he thought
1: they were going too far, too fast. That was all.
2: Okay. <laughs> I think we've got to remember they come from a different time than us, didn't they? They
1: sure did.
2: Yeah. Uh, what was the, you said? Zwingli and Luther were born around the same time. Did they have a relationship and what was it like?
1: Well, they wouldn't have agreed on uh, uh, everything, like the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. They had different views on that, and they'd met on that and didn't agree on that.
2: But they still got on. Would, the, would oh. you? Would they have called themselves friends?
1: Not necessarily close friends, but they were. They had different streams. The Lutheran stream was different to the Zwingli stream, which was more Calvinistic.
2: So, in some sense, when you look at Advent, the Adventist Church that I belong to, it would be more down the stream of Luther, and then and, again the Anabaptists. Anabaptists that you said, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, I find this all very interesting. Now, Zwingli had some problems with women. Did he ever sort himself out and get married?
1: Oh, yes. Well, we heard before how he had affairs, but uh, he had written to the Bishop of Constance for permission to marry. Okay. Uh, But he'd secretly married Anna Reinhardt. She was a young widow with three kids.
2: Do we know much about her or not really?
1: Not a lot. Yeah. But after two years, he married her publicly and they had three more kids, so they had six between them then.
2: Okay, now, he never lived a long, long life, did he? No. He, he died, died fairly young. What happened to him?
1: Well, he was, again, there's a battle on between the Catholics and the Protestants in Switzerland, in the canton of Capel, and he gets wounded, mortally, fatally wounded, while he's fight, uh, fighting there. And let me tell you the story. As uh, one came to him, they saw he's nearly dead, and they ask,
2: should we get a priest and you can make your confession? Now, these he are Catholic said, These are Catholic soldiers. Catholic soldiers. They're, these are the victors. He's lying on the field dying. He's
1: dying on the field. Okay, he go. Can't, can't run away. Yep. And he shakes his head and says, no, no priest. He just doesn't want it. So they said, well, then you should have the mother of God in your heart and call on the saints to plead to God on your behalf. He shakes his head again. And so they grew cantankerous and impatient with this guy. And the captain then takes his sword and thrusts him through. So he's speared to death on the ground as a uh, victim of the war.
2: So he was flawed, but he was brave. He was courageous. He had zeal. He was a warrior. And in some sense, he was martyred for Christ.
1: He was. And his last words... On the dying on the battlefield, he says, they may kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul.
2: Very inspiring. So when you look at this guy's life, quite different from any of the other reformers we've looked at, it what was. can we learn from his life?
1: Again, like all the others, his great love for Scripture, to to memorise the New Testament and to practise it and say all the things we do, to come from the scriptures and so i believe like all the great reformers he puts the bible first and foremost and lives by that
2: loves jesus for all his weaknesses was covered by grace was moving into a closer walk with the lord through the years i expect and look forward to talking to zwingli when we get to heaven
1: amen he'll be a great
2: man to meet yeah he will he certainly will well thank you harold you enjoy your your working holiday over there in um Lord Howe. Lord Howe. I think you said you're also going um up to the Grey Nomads. Grey
1: Nomads. Is that right? Yeah, We're going to a convention up there for a week too.
2: Fantastic. You have a good time, and when you get back, we'll look forward to some more stories. Thanks, Thanks Harold. See, See you.
3: You're listening
2: to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Good story, that one. That was he a He seriously river. is my favourite reformer. Really? Yeah. Above and beyond all of them, and I think it's because he was real. I can see a little bit of myself in him. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zeal, challenge, not, not, challenge the establishment. Not the women thing, but oh. <laughs> I got a good wife who keeps me well and truly settled there. But as a young fella, you know. Yep. Yep. I understand where he comes from, and. I don't know. I just like his wingly. And I love the way he was so courageous when he died there. I mean, that, that's stirring stuff. You could make yes, a movie out of that. You could. And it would be a good one. This song by Ivan Parker. Now, Ivan Parker is a singer in the United States of America. Not an Adventist. He's an evangelical. He's a beautiful singer. Yep. And... Uh, He's actually not been so well lately. Oh. Yeah, struggling with his health. In fact, I saw him online the other day doing something live, and I thought, wow, you're having a real battle, man. But he sings this beautiful song, and I reckon it was, I, when I chose this song, I chose it because I knew we were going to talk about Zwingli and the struggles and the battles and the martyrdom of Zwingli. And it's a beautiful song. It's called It Will Be Worth It All. It's talking about heaven. When we get there, all the pain and all the trauma, it will be worth it all when we get there. Ivan Parker. <music>
0: There's a promised land Made
2: Ending. yeah great song great singer and beautiful words again good music tonight today not tonight we're not tonight well we are almost tonight i'm yeah, getting closer yeah, to tonight yeah yeah, yeah. I want to welcome wayne bowen back to our program how are you going wayne
5: good man yeah how are things at your end yeah good
2: good i was just saying the Hunty at the beginning of the program is starting to get darker and colder i reckon winter's on the way yep
5: i think it's not too far away and i guess with anzac 25 and Wanzac day just around the corner yeah. i reckon that's the turning point
2: Easter gone, and Anzac coming. Yep. Oh, great holidays, these. But I was saying to Hunty, they go so fast, don't they? Yes. You know, <laughs> too fast. And the bottom line is us pastors, we don't really get these holidays anyway, but we can imagine we're having them. Hey, welcome back to the program. We've had you on a few times now, but for our listeners, we might have some new listeners. Just remind us what you do again.
5: Yeah. Boy, that thats a it should be an easy question, but not so easy. <laughs> but the, the, the easy version of it is I, I care for... The, um, for Hope Channel, which is the um, uh, broadcast media for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and also look after the Bible School for the church as well.
2: So if someone wants to watch Hope Channel, is it on TV or how do you do that?
5: Yep, you can um, simply Google us or, go, or um, go to hopechannel.com and then click on watch and the live stream will come up.
2: So it's mostly uh, internet channel, is it? Or
5: we We're also on satellite TV. Um, on the Optus D2 network, so you've got to have a, a satellite dish. In order so to if run,
2: you've got internet, just go and do it on internet. Yep. But internet's the best way to go Much these better. days, yeah.
5: Do you have any
2: idea how many people watch Hope Channel in Australia?
5: I wish I did. Um, no way to mention. It. It, it's really costly to do um, the, uh, I guess, to detect the viewership, um, to get the ratings So we actually haven't gone down that path. We just hope and pray. And we know that people are watching because we get some great feedback. Yeah. And we we hear of stories of people just turning up to church.
2: Yeah, we get feedback from our own um, small, humble um, efforts on Hope Channel too. Mm, True. So we know people are out there watching. I was just interested to know. I want to talk to you about Bible prophecy tonight, just for a few minutes, Uh, because I think we're living in a time of... Bible prophecy, to be honest, Wayne. How, how would you as a pastor and as a leader of the church, how would you define Bible prophecy? So, so an Aussie off the street says to you, hey, Wayne,
5: tell us, how you're gonna, what's Bible prophecy? What are you going to say to him?" I think the, the one that I like is, is Bible prophecy. It's God's way of communicating, having a conversation with us, telling us about things that will happen in the future. I, I think that's a simple answer. Okay, let me talk to you
2: about present and future and Bible prophecy. I just yeah. want to—I want to throw a few questions at you and see whether you see this as a part of Bible prophecy, if it's in the Bible or if it's not. Yeah. What about this one? Do you see the war between Russia and Ukraine as having a place in Bible prophecy?
5: Yeah, I might asked that one quite a bit, actually. If you look at um, Matthew twenty-four, and, and the Gospels talk about this a uh, uh, number of times, but Matthew twenty-four really highlights—I'm just looking at my Bible here—it highlights um, there will be wars in the last days. So. You know, it doesn't mention Russia and Ukraine specifically, but it talks about there being international conflict towards the end of time.
2: Okay, okay. So so Russia and Ukraine, not specifically, but in a broader general sense, yes.
5: Yes, yeah.
2: What about this one? Do you see uh, the Bible anywhere predicting World War Three?
5: Yeah, that's another good question. And I guess when uh, in the media... I've seen that one. You know, is this new World War Three? Yeah. Um, again, for for this one, I don't see the Bible um, picking up on this concept of it will it will be a, a global war. It will be a war between Russia and Ukraine. But if we go back to a, one of the key prophecies of of the Book of Daniel, Daniel chapter two, it outlines um, a, a dream there that the king had, and Daniel the prophet comes back to actually interpret the dream for the king. And it lists different nations, um, as uh, I guess as, as the image that is being, um, portrayed there. And so, super, the final,
2: so, so different nato- nations are superpowers down through the, down through the centuries, doesn't it?
5: Yeah. No, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah, take it, take it home, brother. And so the, the final part of that vision, that dream that. The king had was actually a stone which was the kingdom of God coming and it destroyed it hit the toes of that image and destroyed the image so when we look at world war three we know that it's not going to be through human destruction that the the world is destroyed we see the world will wind up and God will then establish his kingdom
2: so if there was a world war three we're not saying there won't be if there was it wouldn't destroy the planet correct Okay, that's very interesting. What about this one? I'm just throwing these little different ideas at you. Yeah. Um, Because I'm hearing more about this even in Australia. There's going to be food shortages and famine. Does the Bible prophetically say anything about that at the end of time? Yeah, we're seeing that in our supermarkets
5: at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, we are. You know, a shortage of this food or or that food. And again, looking at um, Matthew 24, um, and for those who've got the Bibles, yeah, you know, for nation will rise against nation. So we see that conflict, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Who, who's, so we who's, see, who's, who's talking here? So this is Jesus talking. About how long ago? Oh, it, it, well, at the time of Jesus. So this is 2,000 years ago.
2: So he's he's talking and he's predicting what it's going to be like in our day. Is that what you're saying?
5: Yeah, exactly.
2: So he says there'll be wars and there will be famines.
5: Yep. And if you look at famines, you know, we, we think of well, what's the cause of a famine? And there may be a number of causes, but, you know, for us in Australia, I think, and, and we see this globally as well, is drought. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when when we were living in Solomons, I guess in some ways it was it was sort of the opposite. We would have a, a massive cyclone come through and it would wipe out our food supply. Serious. And, and so, you know, the, all the gardens of, of, you know, our garden, the gardens of, of our friends and locals out there were all destroyed. And so, you know, you go to the market and there'd just be no food. So, so, so how did you get through that? We were fortunate. We, um, I guess it comes down to tins, actually.
2: Okay. This would be for the locals too, I guess.
5: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, noodles is, is one of the staple diets out there. And so there was, there'd be a big rush on noodles, big rush on, on rice, Um, And, again, so I guess, you know, that's a famine of a different sort, but still, you know, through natural consequences, there was a shortage of food. So
2: Um, I often think, Wayne, what it would be like here in Sydney, mate, where we live, because we don't have gardens. And if we ran short of food in our supermarkets, you'd be looking at a breakdown of our society, and it would be within weeks. It would be a very, very serious
5: situation. And, yet, and, and that's an interesting point to pick up because the yep. Bible also says, uh, and because of, uh, and because lawless, lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Yeah. So this aspect, this concept of lawlessness is also there as an indicator of the end of time.
2: Yeah, pretty serious really, isn't it? Uh, one yeah. more, and then I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions generally on Bible prophecy. Yeah. How, how about the big one, COVID-19? Is that
5: in Bible prophecy? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take... One, either way on this one, it is a no and also a yes. Because, again, Jesus picks up on this this concept. He says there will be um, uh, wars and rumours of wars. There will be famines. And the Bible mentions then pestilences. Now, why I've said yes and no on this one is that as we look back through history, there have been pestilences all the way through history. Yeah, bad ones Um, too. Worse than COVID-19. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... You know, I guess we, we need to be careful in saying, you know, identifying COVID-19 as the specific pestilence that, that, that indicates the end of time. Um, is it a marker of end time events when we look at wars and rumours of wars and famines and pestilence? Yeah, yeah. We, we can take it in those general terms, but I don't think we can actually then pinpoint, well, COVID-19 is a sign that Jesus is just around the corner.
2: That's a kind of a sign of the general direction of the world. And yeah. where we're yeah. Look, yeah. just a, a few questions on, on prophecy itself. I, you know, we've got a television ministry. We're not just into radio. In fact, we're into television a lot more. Um, so I watch a lot of television, religious television, uh, yeah. online more than on TV because I don't have a TV. My wife won't. I think she thinks I watch too much sport. Um, <laughs> churches and religions are teaching and preaching some pretty wild stuff out there about prophecy. How does one, how, what would you say to our listeners? How do you, when, when you're seeing this on television from churches, how do you avoid these extremes?
5: Yeah, I think the the extremes come through those teachings, not through prophecy. You know, prophecy is not extreme. Prophecy is just revealing the will of God. And so for us, I think, and, and for our listeners, um, there's probably a couple of things. One, when you just keep reading and praying, now, two, two important parts of, of understanding. When you say reading,
2: reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. And asking the Holy Spirit through prayer to open up your mind so you can understand yeah. it properly.
5: Yep. No, okay. that's it. Yeah. And I think the other one too is then allowing Scripture to interpret Scripture. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, you know, when we don't do that, we can go off on a real tangent and misinterpret and come out with the the wrong belief or wrong understanding of scripture at the end. But if we're comparing, you know, scripture with scripture, all of a sudden we're we're seeing what the Bible says from from beginning to end on a particular theme, on a particular topic, and that's what then gives the balance, um, and it avo- avoids those ext- extreme views. In, in Bible teachings, because there's some crazy
2: nutty stuff out there. In fact, my my next question kind of goes along that. Because of that, is it best to avoid Bible prophecy, or do you think we should continue to delve into it and take the risk?
5: Yeah, I think, I think it was important for Jesus to you know tell us and talk to us about Bible prophecy. In fact, you know he said, um, yeah, "I'm going to tell you these things in advance, so that when it does happen." You'll believe, yeah. yeah. And so we need to keep on, um, you know, reading Scripture, um, watching world events, and 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 delving. So we do have an understanding which increases our faith and our understanding of of the picture that God is. So don't be
2: us. turned off Bible study just because there's some extreme stuff. Uh, when I say Bible study, don't be turned off prophecy just because there's some extreme wild stuff out there.
5: Yeah. Yep, no, we're gonna. We need to again just keep on reading scripture, keep on praying, Lord. If I don't understand this passage, Lord, help me, give me some understanding of what this passage is saying here. And, and I guess in that way, we're not being frightened um, away from prophecy. In fact, when you look at the that big picture of, um, and I love the, the the thinking on this one, the, the big meta narrative, the big story of of scripture. Um, yeah, you know, we see how you know in the beginning God created everything. We see how. Um, Adam and Eve sinned, and that began a process of God throughout the ages bringing about a restoration of his people and, and God revealing himself to his people to, to bring them back to him, to give them a, a faith and a strong um, belief in Scripture, to give them a strong belief in, in God. So we need to keep on reading and, and understanding so prophecy.
2: So going down that track, who is the centre of Bible prophecy? Yeah. Who is it?
5: Who's the centre oh, yeah. of Bible prophecy? The the one key figure of Bible prophecy is Jesus. You know, Revelation one one. This is a revelation. This was the, the whole book, which is you know, I guess two twin books in uh, that still really stand out in in Scripture is Daniel and Revelation. And when Revelation being the final book of of Scripture, you know, it begins those opening words. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ.
2: In fact, if the prophecies don't centre on Jesus Christ, run. Yeah. I'd say that. Oh, that's the advice I'd give. If you've got people teaching you prophecy and it's not centered on Jesus Christ, get out as fast as you can. Um, so you mentioned Daniel and Revelation, two prophetic books I could read if I was interested in prophecy in the Bible. Anywhere else, or are they the two big ones?
5: They're really the two big ones. Um, you know, I guess as we look through that that big story, and you know, whether it's Daniel um, revealing the superpowers. Yep. Um down through to the time of Christ and and then a little bit beyond or then looking through the book of Revelation which you know reveals Christ but also the the events surrounding the the um the return of Christ. So um, Yeah, yeah, go sorry, sorry, never meant to. So yeah, that that would be the two key ones that um you know we could get in and understand. And okay. and, and, and I guess when we look at Revelation written by the apostle John um, the beloved disciples. So, yeah, you know, we've got the Gospel of John. Yep. Um, and then he's in in um, um, I guess in jail on the island of Patmos, and he has this revelation from God. So we have the Gospel of of John revealing the life and story of Christ, and then we have the the um, um, the revelation revealing the the events of, of his soon return. Is it easy to understand Daniel and Revelation? No. Okay.
2: (laughs) You know what? The first six chapters of Daniel, you're going to get. Absolutely. You get into Daniel 7, 8, and 9, you're going to struggle 10, and you get into 11 and 12. Mate, I've been trying to work Daniel 11 and 12 out since since, since the beginning of time. (laughs) Well, since the beginning of my time. Uh, Do you have anything that – and this is the reason I actually wanted to have this discussion for our listeners. You're in charge of not just Hope Channel but the Bible Discovery School. Do you have anything that can help? So I'm a listener, and I want to know more about Daniel, Revelation, not just that, but prophecy in the Bible. And I'll tell you, if you've got an interest in Jesus, you want to know more about prophecy. Do you have anything in the Discovery Center that can help people to understand these amazing prophecies? And they are just
5: amazing. Yeah, no, we we do on this because you know we get asked these questions all the time because you know people are fearful for the future. Yep, and so they're wanting an understanding of what does all this mean, and so we've got a, a um, uh, Bible study guides called Secrets of Prophecy, and this will give a um, you know our listeners a, a broad view of of that big story yep. of of Scripture the great controversy from beginning to end, how it started and, and where it's going to win. So we're going to put those links on our um, social media pages. I think, Hunter, you've got the... Yes, and look, if, if you're interested
3: in the secrets of the and, future... yeah, you should be interested. Oh, absolutely. This, this, will, this stuff is red hot.
2: It is. This will just blow the top off your Bible study.
3: My, my, yeah. favorite, my favorite part of the Bible is actually Daniel in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. It's my absolute favorite. You, you're going to love this, it. This class, entitled Secrets of the Future, it's a master class. And we're going to put the link on our Facebook page, which is Aussie Pastor. We'll also put a free a link on Facebook.
2: our... So, so all you got to do is is get on the
3: you Go to Facebook and type in Aussie Pastor or Lloyd Grollman.
2: And you'll see the link. It'll be up today, it, I'll, tonight. I'll put a
3: repeat of this radio program up tonight, and I'll link this uh, Secrets of the Future Masterclass onto the aussiepastor.com website as well, so you'll have so plenty of chance to find it. And plenty of chance to click on so it. So
2: it'll be on Facebook? Yes. The Aussie Pastor Facebook and,
3: and it'll on, it'll be on
2: And if you were to text us yes. the
3: word prophecy, Hunter No, will that say. actually doesn't work. But if you if you SMS on our Aussie yeah, Pastor info line. Yeah,
2: but so we know what you're talking about, you just put prophecy. Just
3: type in there secrets of the future and I'll know what you want. Oh,
2: you don't think that's a bit hard?
3: Okay. Oh. Okay, secrets about prophecy. Yep, yeah, whatever. You contact us on our information line, which is 0488 or email us info at com, or visit our Facebook page or website. Okay. We will hook you up, I promise.
2: <laughs> Help us out. What are we going to do? If you text us, you got to text us one word. What is it, Hunty? You're going to text word, us one, one word, word. All right. You can remember, prophecy. There's, there's there you prophecy. There you go. There you go. go. So just. Text us prophecy. And what we'll
3: do is we'll send you a link that will take you into discover.hopechannel.com, Secrets of Our Future, which is the free masterclass.
2: Now, this this link that they go to, Wayne, we're not inundating them with information or trying to get them to do anything. We're just opening this up for them to be able to have a look at how to study these wonderful prophecies in the Bible. Is that right? Yeah, so absolutely. They're quite safe so to go there. That's what I'm saying.
5: Yeah, Go there. Um, they can put in their email address, and we'll just send it directly to their, a link directly to their inbox, and they can click on that and do it at their, their own leisure. Yeah, there's so videos to watch, there's there's classes them. to
3: study, and so there's
5: when you
2: do that, yeah, go. Sorry,
3: there's a heap of information on the Bible prophecies.
2: Well, it's 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 a course, isn't it? It's specifically yeah. a course. If they're doing it and they're struggling with area, is is there some way they can talk to someone when they're doing the course, or not
5: really? Yeah, now they can. We um, uh, we've got our team there that can answer questions, and we've got teams, team members all around Australia. Yep. So probably one close to them that could they can actually connect to yep. um, if they wanted to go down that pathway, and and they can have um, you know Bible studies in that particular area of, of Daniel and Revelation.
2: It is fantastic, listeners. It is fantastic. It is sensational. It is red hot. Yep. Give it a go. It'll change your life. Sure. It'll change your life. It, it changed mine. It, it just, it excites me, hunty. Me too. Just, just thinking about it. Yep. Thank you, Wayne, for joining us today. Um, Anzac Day is still a, a little bit away, but happy Anzac Day, my friend. Thank um, you, mate. We're looking forward to And yeah, we'd, we'd love
3: to have you back one day soon, Wayne.
2: <laughs> I'll be around, so um, let
3: me know and I'll be in. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
2: Okay, another song. Yes, Gold City. Never knew this group existed until recently, but I know this song, "The Midnight Cry," talking about the second coming of Jesus. Guess where all prophecy ends, Hunty? Yes, the, second, the second coming second of Jesus. Coming of Jesus, love it. This is a great song. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's closer now than it's ever been. I can almost hear the trumpet. of a time
2: Coming, Hunty. What a great he's song! Coming. Yeah, it is, and, and he's going to come at the mid. Bible talks about him coming at the like a the thief in the night. Hour. Yeah, yep. and he's coming, he's coming, and prophecy, prophecy. One of the reasons I want to encourage our listeners. I, I, I always want to say that word, viewers, Hunty. Yeah, I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> listeners rolls off my tongue. Um, I want to encourage our listeners to to give these prophecy series online a go. Life changing stuff. Yeah, they're going to. Unlock for you You're going to see into the future And you're going to get a, a snapshot of what's going to happen That nobody else knows That's it And I want to just give you In the, in the, in the few minutes we've got left Auntie, yep. I want to just give our listeners I got it right got it. A little sense of what Prophecy can do and I just want to show simply Yep. Matthew 24, verse 3. Just read verse 3 and then stop. Honey. Sure. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives.
3: His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return in the end of the world?
2: Okay. You and me have been to the Mount of Olives. Amazing place. Every time I look at this, I remember when we went to the Mount of Olives. Yep. It's, it's, it's kind of not a very big mountain, really, nope. is it? But nope. it's, uh, there's a, there's a, a, a steep valley. Yep. Between the Mount of Olives and Jerusalem. And Jerusalem so, yeah. two. This is two. I want you to get this, listeners. Two thousand years ago, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives with his disciples. Yep. They come to him and said, "Hey, Jesus. Yep. What's it going to be like at the end of the world? Yep. Now, I want to remind you, this is two thousand years ago. Yep. Jesus is the Creator. Jesus knows the beginning from the end. He knows how this is going to end. He knows what it's going to be he like. Sure does. This is what he says, verse 4. He says, Jesus told
3: them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. So at the, end, he, a, a, a,
2: at the end of time, yep. you're going to be looking for people claiming, claiming to, be to be the Messiah. God-like. Claiming to be the answer. Yes, that's right. And there, are, you know, everywhere you look in society today, you see that revving up. Yep. Uh, I think the one I think of in my life is um, that guy over there in America. David Koresh? Who took out my best friend. Waco, Texas? With her husband. Yeah. And her two kids. Terrible. Nikki. Yeah. We went to college with her. She got caught up with in this cult. You, you would never, you would never have believed it. This guy, in the end, he didn't start off like this. No. But in the end, he was claiming to he be He was claiming to be, be Jesus. That's right. And, and you know what? What? Look, look, look. You might not see a lot of this in our culture and society at the moment, but it is an undercurrent. It is there, and there are people everywhere claiming to be the answer. Yep. There are many things to deceive you. And I think this is one of the signs we're going to see really rise to the fore. Yep. And when you see it rise, you go, yeah, Jesus said that. Correct. 2,000 years ago. Keep going.
3: Yep. Well, um, many will be deceived. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place. But the end won't follow immediately. Nations will go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. Stop, 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 stop.
2: Yep. We've been talking about that. For sure. Jesus says at the end, you're going to see an increase in the frequency, the intensity and the brutality of wars. And we're seeing it, Hunty. Yep. I mean, the machinery that we have today that can kill is second to none. That's right. We have guys over there in the Ukraine right now with tank killers that they put on their shoulders and take out a 30-ton tank. Yep. It's no longer safe to be in the tank. Tank used to be one of the safest places you could be on the battlefield. That's right. Not anymore. Because technology is increasing. We're getting better at killing each other. Yeah. And Jesus said, just before the end of time, this is prophecy, listeners. Yep. This is prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Jesus said, just before the end of time, there's going to be wars, wars, wars.
3: But he didn't yep. stop there. But he didn't. He said, there'll be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains. There'll be more to come. Okay.
2: Did you know that today in Papua New Guinea, there was a 6.3 earthquake? They have lots of earthquakes in New Guinea. No, this is a big one. A big one. Right. Do you know that? No. A very a serious big earthquake. Well, actually, it wasn't today. I've got myself mixed up. It was three or four days ago. Oh, yeah, I heard about there. that. Yeah, I heard yeah, about yeah. that. Sorry, i got. You know, I am getting old. I'm allowed to. <laughs> uh, the massive earthquake in 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 Papua New Guinea. Three or four. I think it was last. I'm trying to remember Thursday, hunty, that it was. Yep. Everywhere you look, there's earthquakes. Correct. Famines. Well, for the first time in our lives, we're now talking about famines. Yep. But watch this, and we've got to finish because I'm out of time. Sure. You want to know the big sign? What's that? The big prophetic sign that Jesus is coming? What's that? Verse 14.
3: Verse 14. Okay. Verse 14. Okay. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and And then then the the end end will will come.
2: come. That's what you and me are doing, mate. We're preaching, we're teaching the gospel. And you might be saying to yourself, how am I going to make it through? You're going to make it through with Jesus. Amen. Ask Jesus into your heart. Let Jesus be your saviour. You'll make it, and that's what this last song is about. Chris Christopherson, famous gospel singer, Lord, this is my prayer mm. as I go through the mm. end of the time. Great song. Lord, help me, Jesus.
0: Why me, Lord, what have I ever done? I deserve even one of the pleasures I've known Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do That was worth loving you Or the kindness you've shown I've wasted it, so help me, Jesus. I know what I am. But now that I know that I needed you, so help me Jesus my soul. I can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back. it is so help me jesus i know soul's in your
2: hands. It's true, hunty. Absolutely. Lord, help me, Jesus. If you're going to go through these end times, I reckon they're honest. Yep. I get some stick for saying that. Yep. I don't care. I reckon they're honest. Yep. I'm not an alarmist. I just got my eyes open and I know the prophecies. Showed you a couple of them tonight, the simple ones. But there's much, much more. I want to remind you one more time. Hunter, you're going to tell us. Yes. And I'm encouraging you. Have a go at this prophecy course. It's simple. It's easy. It's not difficult. If you want to hook up with it, what do you do, Hunter? Okay. You can send us a text.
3: Text the word prophecy to zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or email us and ask us for the prophecy course info at aussiepastor.com dot com or go to our website www.aussiepastor.com and click on the link or go to our Facebook page, Lord and the Aussie Pastor, and let us know and we'll hook you up. <sighs> you will be blessed. Prophecy is so inspiring.
2: Maybe Hunty for the next couple of programmes we should keep reminding them. Yeah to I will. To make I will. it easy. Yep. Yeah, because sometimes you can get all these. Oh, you go there or go there. And you're getting all a bit confused, and you, oh, what do I do? Yep. Um, I think the easy thing is to dot Click on the link. Yeah. Secrets or, of the future. Or go to our Facebook page. Yeah, it all works. I mean, there's sixty, eighty thousand people on that. That's right. Can't miss it. Yep. Well, I've enjoyed having you here today. Yeah, Hulk. I have I've too. Enjoyed these discussions we've had. We've got a big program next week. We do. Looking forward to that. Some yep. surprises. Yes. Um, I want to wish you our Listeners, God's blessing, and I just want to close off a prayer. Yes. Father in heaven, we come before you and we give you thanks that you have given us Bible prophecy. We have so much to learn, and there's so much we don't know. I would pray in the name of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, that you will lead our listeners to give these prophecy online studies, course, a go. It'll open their hearts. It'll open their eyes. I'll see the future, but most importantly, they'll see you, Jesus, and we know what that's all about. Bless our listeners. When you come in the clouds of heaven, may not one of them be missing is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grolam, and I'm Aussie Pastor. Hey, my name's Hunty, and we love you. Who are you? You can't just say I'm Hunty. You've got to say who you are. (laughs) So let's, have, let's try that again. Okay. My name's Lloyd Grollam and I'm and, the Aussie
3: Pastor. And my name's Hunty
2: and we love you. No, <laughs> I'm going to do it for you. If you miss it this time, I'm going to do it. My name's Lloyd Grollam and I'm the Aussie Pastor. And
3: I'm the tech who sits in the back corner of the studio and looks forward to bringing this program every week. And my name is Hunty. Yes, and we love you. Yeah, we do love you. We do. But God loves you so much more. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
2: Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor.
5: If you enjoyed today's
2: program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.